So the moral of the story is I sent I spent seventy five bucks on therapy. Ah, ah, uh, 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 <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, we're doing a podcast now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's what it's sort of come. You know, we're actually always doing the podcast like twenty four seven, but we just press the record button. now. Oh, that makes sense. So that makes sense. We just press the record button when we're actually going to talk about stuff we want the world to hear. Right. Because the other. 23 hours of the day and then 24 hours of each day in between the the two week sessions is basically not suitable for audiences under 17. It's amazing that we can go out in public. I'm I'm surprised to be honest with you. I think I should just have an, an attorney on retainer. So, like a leash? Like yeah, like a leash. I should have an attorney on a leash. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> attorney on a leash. I got to walk my attorney this morning. Yeah. Uh, attorney on a leash is actually the name of my upcoming autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's how you play the game. That's the official podcast doing. of the Osip Foundation yep. Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the Month of November, the year is 2018. Glad that you can be with us. Hey, a very special happy birthday to my good friend Todd, who turns 36 today, the day that this that this podcast comes out on the 15th oh, of happy November. Happy birthday, Todd. Yeah. So uh, we're here talking about sportsmanship. Across the way, the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. Howdy doody. Howdy doody time. Um, we got a lot of good stuff to get to, so uh, why don't we just jump right in? Sounds great. So, so today I thought what we would talk about, because there was... There was a lot of instances of this, and then when I when I was doing some internet research, I found even more just in like a couple of short hours as I was looking at it. Um, you know, with the World Series having ended uh, just a couple of weeks ago, right. we, we had a lot of instances of poor sportsmanship that relates to celebration. Um, there's a certain level of arrogance. There's a certain level of hubris. There's a certain level of trolling, and we've mm. we've kind of touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the American League Division Series between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. But now we we have some more examples that I think really need to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the two specific World Series incidents that kind of sparked this conversation. Okay. Um, would you like to start with the Red Sox or the Dodgers? Let's do Dodgers. Dodgers first? Okay. So the Dodgers got trolled after losing their second consecutive World Series by the San Francisco Giants. They're directly. Directly. Okay. Um, I'm going to read this. This is an article from Larry Brown Sports that was published on Friday, November 2nd. Okay. And it says here, quote, uh, let me see if it, it is by Larry Brown himself. Okay. A San Francisco Giants media outlet trolled the Dodgers so hard after Los Angeles lost their second straight World Series. NBC Sports Giants Twitter account was ready and loaded to tweet an image they had made once the Dodgers lost. The image featured Clayton Kershaw and Yasiel Puig holding up World Series participation trophies while Madison Bumgarner and Buster Posey were in the back lounging with their three World Series trophies. NBC Sports Bay Area, which television, which televises Giants game, was just waiting to drop this tweet. The Dodgers have been the dominant team in the NL West, winning the division the past six years, but the Giants have won the ultimate prize, three World Series since 2010, while the Dodgers keep falling short in the postseason. That's something for fans of the fourth-place team to celebrate. So here is the image, in case you'd like to see it, in black and white, because I'd like to save printer ink. But as you can see, if I'm describing it properly, you've got Puig and Kershaw in the foreground with participation trophies and Bumgarner and Posey in the background with three World Series trophies. Now, what's the four plus on Kershaw's uniform? I believe that's his ERA. Because he has a four, he has an over four ERA in the World Series. He's just, oh yeah, I you see know, that. see, see now, for those of you who are unaware, Clayton Kershaw is one of the best pitchers of this generation. He's been an outstanding Dodger. He'll have his number retired. Right. He'll, he'll go into the Hall of Fame as a Dodger. Okay, he's like thirty-one years old right now, and he's just been a stud. However, when it comes to the postseason, he frequently does not perform. Okay, he's a great pitcher in the regular season, but he just doesn't 
you know, do as well in the postseason. I mean, he's had his flashes, but he just he's just not as dominant. So they are really trying to emphasize that and the fact that his he's just you know it's. And I think in addition to just the the poor taste that is this image and whatnot, an important point that was that was noted about this. The Giants won their World Series in 2010, 12, and 14. It's now 2018, okay? That's a long time in baseball terms to go without winning a championship before you can do something like this, okay? If the Giants, let's say the Giants had won five straight World Series up to 2016, Okay. Oh. Let's just just go with me on that, this one. Yeah. Okay. And then like they were another dynasty like the Yankees were in the late right. 90s. Um and then the the Dodgers were the NL pennant winners in 17 and 18 but did not win the World Series. Not that it makes it okay, but now you've got a little bit more of a fueling if you will, a a, a foundation, a backing as to why something like this might somehow now makes sense again not that it's right i don't endorse that whatsoever but the point being that you went you're looking at it from the mentality of the people that created this. right you've gone four years without a world series you think that 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 means you can still hang out with your world series trophies No, no 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 in sports sports and championships especially in larger markets are very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of crowd, mm-hmm. okay? So to go four years without a World Series championship does not give you the right to do this, okay? If this was, if this, Even if it was last year, not that it makes it right, but now you've got, now you can see it, it has more, more backing. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not endorsing it. I wouldn't have done it regardless. Right. But the point being that, you just it's it's just completely tasteless. I'm really down on the Giants for that. Um, it might not even have been the Giants per se. It might have just been NBC uh, Sports out in the Bay Area that did it. But so shame on them. Mm. And um, maybe they should uh, I don't know be a decent team again before they run their mouth, or just be a decent team again and keep your head down. Or that. Or that. And yeah. just be good. Yeah, that's a great idea, you know? <laughs> um, so let's switch sides now and okay. talk about the Red Sox, okay? okay? Yep. Now, the Red Sox, who won the whole thing, had their uh, championship parade. And What do they call their parade? Uh, I know for for the Yankees, it's the, the ticker take parade. T- right? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it kind of the same thing. Down the, the the parade of champions, if you will, something okay. like that. I mean, there are all these generic names. Down Commonwealth Avenue. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can you can. Call I mean, that's it, where it is. Yeah, you, I, listen, you can call it whatever you want. Don't call it late to dinner. Uh, See what I did there? Yes, I did. I'll move on. So, <laughs> um, I have a, I have a problem not only with. Alex Cora, but then also with the person who wrote this article article for Deadspin, which is uh, Samir Kalaf, if I'm pronouncing his name properly. So apparently, when Alex Cora was given the microphone to address the crowd at the uh, at the parade uh, through NBC Sports Boston, which is you know the same company that does NBC Sports Bay Area, mm-hmm. Alex Cora basically. Um, started with this whole like after we lost to the Yankees in game two the ALDS nobody believed in us you know blah 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 and he comes out and he says we we proved them wrong we scored 16 at Yankee Stadium the next day suck on it so basically he he was coming down on the naysayers on the Yankees on you know Anyone and everyone within, you know, listening and he's distance. The manager. And he's the manager. Yeah, I don't. I, I listen, Alex Cora. I don't like him, personality-wise. I think he's a fantastic manager for being only in his first year of managing. Okay, everything that he did turned to gold this postseason. He's clearly got the 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 chemistry and the culture of that clubhouse going to to win a World Series and to have a 108 win team this year. Okay, so so. Kudos to him for that. 
But this is the same guy who, when the Yankees and the Red Sox had that brawl very early in the 2018 season, was like waving Yankees off like, you know, you're not even worth being the dust on my shoe kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Just I'm just like, you know, call it a Latin temper. I don't know. But he's just, I, I, don't, I don't like his character. And clearly this proves it. Okay. Um, granted, uh, another thing that happened within the parade was uh, someone threw a, a, a beer that had yet to be opened towards Mookie Betts and the World Series trophy. It hit the trophy and completely damaged it. The trophy had to be repaired. Just want to just want to point that out there. And Samir Kalaf, who wrote this article, did write here, quote, It's true, the Red Sox did score 16 at Yankee Stadium and humili- humiliate the Bronx buttheads. Yankees suck. F you. So the person who wrote the article said that. Yes. So someone, the per- someone who's supposed to be just telling the story is already is taking sides. Right. Exactly. Well, that's Deadspin for you. De- oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Deadspin. Uh, right. Listen, normally they've got their stories I correct. I said it was Deadspin. Nor- normally they have their stories correct, but the tone at which they take is yeah. ridiculously disgusting for journalistic integrity. Right. So those two stories in themselves, and I mean, and that all comes on the heels of the trolling that went on, you know, with the Yankees. I mean, the, the, the Red Sox fans in their celebration at Dodger Stadium of winning the championship, they weren't chanting for their team. They were chanting, Yankees suck. The Yankees weren't even in the World Series, and they took it upon themselves rather than to cheer their own team or to even disparage their opponent. No, let's just rain on the Yankees. And then in the clubhouse celebration, what do the Red Sox do again? Play New York, New York. The joke's over, guys. It's it's unsportsmanlike. It's old. It's out of character. It's bad. It's it's disgusting. Right. It's terrible. And you know you can call me a Yankees boy all you want. I came down on Aaron Judge when he did his thing. Okay, uh, I, I I'm an equal opportunity uh, parade rainer honor, if that's the proper term. But if you need any parade more rainer rainer yeah sure rain on my parade kind of a thing. Yeah. If you need any more evidence. That this is why Red Sox Nation gets a bad rap. Here it is. I got Sri Racha on my. On your okay, good. You just want Sean just wanted to make sure we went from my hot take to my this, hot sauce. His hot sauce. That sounds disgusting. I just noticed it. Okay. Sorry. This is why you and I get along. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. But to <laughs> to I actually to, add to, to, the to, add to the point, I'm sorry. I just I'm it's once I notice something, I can't stop. You're, you're yeah, I know. It's I know. I know. Yep. yep. I can't. I'm very. It's tunnel vision. Yep. Um, you know, as a posi- as someone who is in a position of leadership, it's one thing for a player to say. Stuff like that. Right. And as wrong as that already is. Right. But for someone in a managerial position to, to come out and say, suck on it, um, that's really just leading. That's a really bad example yeah. to set. Not only, I mean, how many people are watching and, and listening to this? The Red Sox Nation is it's, global. It's, it's okay. huge. And it's kids. They're kids in it, too. Right. So they're going to hear this and think, oh, he said it, so that's okay. I'm going to say it. Right. And not only about not only about the Yankees, but I'm going to say it against, if I'm on a baseball team or any other sport, I'm going to say that to, to whoever I play. Right. And, you know, it, it's toxic. It is. That's really the best word I can come up it with. Is, it's, I think that's a it's, great word. It's toxic, and it's, it's an, it, to some degree, an epidemic. Yeah. Because you are, you're saying that it's okay to disparage another team when they're not even the ones who were playing that day. Right. Yep. <laughs> Come on. I get it. There's a rivalry there. I understand that. But 
there's a time and a place. Right. And even if the time is correct, the attitude needs to be correct. Right. Right? You I have tremendous respect for the for for the Red Sox and for their ability for their they they were a dynamite team this yes. year. Yes. No doubt about it. But their attitude is just less than desirable. Correct. Um and you the ability to have an intelligent conversation with another fan about just about not only about your favorite baseball team, but maybe about what's going on in the league or maybe about the game itself and the ability to just communicate uh, with some civility from one fan to another. That's what makes that's what makes the interaction great. Right. That's good sportsmanship. Just talking about the game and having a mutual interest mm-hmm. in the game. Not your team this, your team sucks, your team that, you know, that doesn't help anything. And it devalues the experience for both parties. I agree. So if you're, you know, and I've got friends who are Red Sox fans. I'm dating a Red Sox fan. Well, so am I. But most of the, most of the people, thankfully, most of the Red Sox fans that I have met are good natured and you know they just talk baseball right you know they don't they don't they don't knock on the yankees and, vi- and vice versa um now there are a couple of people who yes who i've spoken to who sort of s- say some things in jest at first but then they keep going with it right and at that point all right can we just it's distracting at this point there's nothing wrong with good natured ribbing Right. It's when it go. It's pa- it's when it passes that line into uh, derogatory and with with a venom, with an intent to injure, whether Both be- mentally and physically. Correct. Correct. Mentally more so. Right. I mean, if it gets to a point where it becomes physical, then well, <laughs> this is now, now the laws even, involved. It's not okay? even right. Yeah. It's not even sportsmanship anymore. It's assault. Right. <laughs> you know. It's just. Um, and back when we were talking, when we were talking about the one of five things about sportsmanship, the 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 the, the groups of people that it affects, right. media being the newest, right? Being a fan, talking mm-hmm. about it, and 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 sports sportsmanship from the perspective of a fan, right? Because you, you could be anywhere, you could be in a bar, and if someone says something, and you know how when alcohol's involved, <laughs> oh. I mean, it just the 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 you're really adding fuel to the fire. Yep. Uh, so you got to just be, you know, it, you just got to be careful. But you just it, we we live in a society. Mm-hmm. We have to act civilized. You know, not that not that difficult. No, you know, it's not. But we forget this in the heat of the moment. Right. So in light of these. Examples of how celebration takes a bad turn in in sportsmanship. What I did was I did a couple of did a little research and found a couple of articles about celebration, some specific incidents and whatnot, um, and and that kind of continue to highlight this, uh, and and you know brings us to additional discussion on the point. So. Uh, just in no particular order, I'll kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. Here's here's one. This occurred recently in Vermont between two high schools, Arlington and West Rutland, and their boys' soccer teams. So they went to uh, they went they went to uh, the the uh, they were in the championship game. And Arlington ended up winning. Right. And what happened was immediately after the winning goal was scored, the Arlington, and this is from Adam uh, Samro from the Bennington Banner. Uh, immediately after the winning goal was scored, the Arlington players got into a group to celebrate with hugs and high fives, while many of the West Rutland players let, lay on the wet field in various places, some sitting with head and hands, others laying flat on their stomach. It would have been easy for the victorious Eagles to forget their counterparts in the excitement, but seeing a pair 
of Horde players sitting on the grass near midfield. Matthew Ritchie came over to console them. Shortly after, a few more Eagles did the same. Uh, later on, senior Jack Lane met with a couple of different players, giving the West Rutland guys a couple words of encouragement. So basically, what happened was, and it says here, no one came, no one from, none of it came from the coaching uh, staff to tell the guys to do it. They did it on their own. So these guys who were about to win uh, a, a soccer title decided to take it upon themselves before the game was even over to go to encourage their opponents to say, it's not over, guys. Come on, you, you're still in this, you know, and, and really, like, go above and beyond. You know, they, could, they, cel- they celebrated. They were, they were very happy that they scored that goal and they were about to win this thing. But they said, these guys, these guys poured, these, these kids poured in just as much as we did. And they're distraught right now. You know how much time was left? Uh, does it say? It doesn't say. Hmm. But because now, from an outsider, from an outsider perspective looking in, mm-hmm. that could look like you're uh, trolling solicitous. them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like if there's only a one minute left, like, you're kind of like, oh, nice try, guys. Yeah. you know, it was like you when they still sort of maybe have a fighting chance, right? And then they 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 sort of take it upon themselves to console them, um, you know. It, it could look uh, patronizing mm-hmm. in a way. It but, could look that, but but that's, but, 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 but 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 I mean, from what you're telling me, right? Under the circumstances, it seemed heartfelt right. and legitimate what they did, especially since these are high school kids. I'm just can, afraid someone would take it the wrong way. Well, that's that's the beauty of it being from from such a small scale i think because it's not like you're in a stadium where you can't hear what's going on i mean these people right. who were probably there watching probably have a pretty good view and are well within earshot to understand what's happening right you know and 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 can kind of read the tea leaves properly mm-hmm. you know so right here is a great example of how someone you know they they celebrate that's fine you know you're supposed to be happy when you score right you're supposed to congratulate right. your team right okay but not at the expense of other, and they went beyond. Like they didn't have to do that. No, no. You know, that that in itself, I think, is just a is just a fantastic thing to do, and to yeah. realize that even at the high school level, guys, it's just a game. Yep. You know, and these guys, these kids that are our equals, poured just as much into it as we did. Let's let's try and you know keep that in mind. What were those two? There was a there was um, an international soccer game between. Uh, Two groups of kids. I can't remember the countries. Was it Japan and Brazil? And there was one. They, the The Japanese soccer team. And they were kids, right? They were crying after they lost. And the was it Brazil? I can't remember. But they went over and was. They were congratulating them mm-hmm. on a good team, and they were hugging, right? And, and you know, saying you did. You know, you did great. You know, I can't remember the two countries, but. Um, it's good to see something like that right. because it's, you know, they both know they're both in the same boat <laughs> to right. make it that far. They both know what it took to get to that, um, level. So it's, I think it's almost in a way you really both won. Right. Because if you both make it, I mean, if you both make it that far and you're both on a stage where people where the the possibility is to take home just one more win. You're both essentially equals at that point. Yeah. So why not just have a friendly competition? You know, right. it, you know it, it almost, I don't know. A lot of people say there's a lot at stake and okay. From maybe from a, a maybe from a player's mentality there is, but I think if you've both made it that far, you can take a, quantum of solace wow i see what you did there and that um you know you've you both made it this far and you can appreciate each other and each other's competition right now let's flip to the other end of it okay okay this is from a publication called the sportsman and the writer here is bear with me i don't think this is a made-up name okay simon lillicrap Simon Lillicrap. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. The 
Headline reads, Tennis star whips out outstandingly arrogant Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo celebration after win. The tennis star is 19-year-old... I'm going to I'm going to mispronounce these these names. Yuri Rodionov. Okay. Okay. Uh He's he's Austrian and he scraped past uh Uladzimir Ignatic in three sets. Okay, in the Slovak Open. Um at just 19 years old, uh, Rodionov has learned has a, a lot of learning to do about sportsmanship. Uh, he's ranked 255th in the world, and uh, he may annoy a few players if this kind of stuff continues. As he won match point, the teenager let out an almighty scream and ripped his shirt in half in scenes re- reminiscent of the Incredible Hulk. Okay, that's fine. You know, you're in a you're 19 years old. You just won this big tournament and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you, it's not like you're showing people up at that point. You know, no, you're, you're just, just in the moment damaging your own clothes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's on you. Right. You know, I got to go buy a new shirt. <laughs> I know. You idiot. <laughs> After celebrating a bit more, he went over and shook hands with the umpire. His opponent was. That's n- good. Yeah. And then, there, but his opponent was nowhere in sight. So the guy who lost maybe shook hands with the umpire and then walked off. We don't know. Okay. Then, just as it seemed, it's like the celebrations were dying down. He took things up a notch. He sprinted back onto the court and replicated Cristiano Ronaldo's iconic celebration. This is the one where he swivels with his finger and then spins around and shouts "See you" or something like that. Hmm. Um, he actually did that at an indoor tennis event in front of the umpire, the ball boys, and no one else. He really puts uh, his heart and soul into the celebration. <laughs> but anyone doing this impersonation over the age of 10 is a bit of an embarrassment. <clears throat> so. Well, I mean... At that point, I guess whatever makes you happy. I guess so. <laughs> but, yeah. It's just, I mean, we, you come across people between the ages of 17 and 25 who, and we've all been there, think they know it all, think they're invincible, think that mm. they, what their actions don't have consequences, etc. You know, when I was 17, I thought I was very vulnerable. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I did I was too. very yeah. I was very safe. I never really partied that much. No, me neither. I went I I drove the car way under the speed limit. I think for me it was more about uh what I said sometimes than what it was that I did. Mm. You know? Um, you know, cuz I, I again, not to sound like I'm full of myself, but I have this wit and I didn't realize that sometimes what I was saying was either slightly inappropriate or wrong place, wrong time. You're looking at me like this is still happening today. Yeah. You know, so this is, where, where, you know, where's the transition? Oh, uh, the transition. Not a very long trip. <laughs> well, you, you haven't known me that long. So. I guess, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that a good thing? It's been, it's been what? Six, something like that. Six years. Yeah. The best six years of my life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. The eye roll there does not get uh, properly transmitted <laughs> via audio. <laughs> so I think one of the best ways to kind of wrap this up is I got three articles here about celebrations in football. Okay, we all know mm-hmm. that in the sport of football, not soccer, American football, and in one of these things, you'll see it's Canadian football, gridiron football, if you will. Mm. There is a level of celebration after a touchdown is scored. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, you, you get some celebration after things like interceptions, things like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's all there. And again, to celebrate a score in any sport where scoring has a certain level of rarity to it is understood you know you're not going to celebrate every basket in basketball right okay when the score is 199 but you know when it when a run is scored in baseball you're high-fiving guys in your dugout okay when a goal is scored in hockey the players come together and hug each other when a touchdown is scored guys get together and and celebrate a little bit okay fine uh 
Now, granted, you've got situations where um, it goes too far. Um, we just saw recently in uh, a Sunday night game with the Saints a replica of the Joe Horn celebration where after a touchdown, he goes to the goalpost, lifts up the pad, and there's a flip phone, and he, call, he pretends to call someone on the phone to say he scored a touchdown. That drew a penalty because you can't use a prop in your celebrations. Okay? But these people think that they're, you know, 15 yards doesn't So the prop their, comics, yeah. they're out. Exactly. They can't. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is that... So if Carrot Top was a football player... He would not, would not do be well. able to... No. no. Okay. no. Now, see, here's the funny thing. The, these, these penalties are enforced on the ensuing kickoff. Now, kickoffs have been under uh, a lot of scrutiny because the most amount of injuries occur on kickoff plays, according to research. A lot of concussions, a lot of things like that. So as a result, they've done things like they've moved the, the kickoff up. You know, they, they've placed the, um, the touchback at um, the 25 instead of the 20, you know, stuff like that to incentivize the idea that there's no run back where a concussion or other serious injury can occur on a kickoff. So to add 15 yards for the, uh, for the, for the team to kick is, you know, is not, does not have the same amount of juice to it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, it would almost be better to enforce that, on the first play following the kickoff, right? You know, to say, okay, you've got a touchback. It was supposed to start at the twenty-five. Guess what? Now it's starting at the forty. That to me would have so much more value to say because at that point it's the it's the same thing as a kickoff out of bounds because mm-hmm. the penalty for a kickoff out of bounds is the ball is placed at the forty. So that to me would make a lot more sense. Um, you know, it's funny too because as we talk about this stuff, I'm I'm always I always think of the uh, the Key and Peel sketch about you know they talked about this a little bit and the sketch was where um, it was the three pump rule where whenever uh, the the player played by Jordan Peel would do three pelvic pumps that would draw a flag from the ref who was Keegan Michael Key mm-hmm. so two pumps is okay. <laughs> but three pumps is too many. That's the, that was the joke. And prior to the sketch, Keegan Michael Key made this point. He goes, "I don't understand why we celebrate this. Why don't we just act like this is our job? When I put out a good sketch, I don't celebrate that. Like I just I just nailed the sketch." He said, "If I'm a football player, I catch a touchdown. Great. I hand the ball to the official. I go to the sideline. I'm drinking water. I'm saying, yeah, it's my job to score touchdowns. That has so much more weight to it, to and almost to a sense of backhanded arrogance to say mm-hmm. it's my job to score touchdowns. So I don't need to celebrate it like it's mm-hmm. like it's a you know a rare occasion." You know, and, and itself could become a new right, but but, but that wouldn't that be more sportsmanlike? Yeah, than than to celebrate it. So these stories that I have here, okay, the first one uh, took place between uh, the Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. Um, Tennessee Titans free safety Kevin Bayard uh, had an interception of Dak Prescott. Uh, on a Monday night game this season back in on November 5th. Okay. okay. Following the interception, Bayard took the football, went to the center of the field in Dallas where they have the the star on the field, which is the logo of the of the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and they started dancing on the star. So Byron Jones came over and shoved him because and, and there's precedent after for this. After a touchdown? No, after an interception. Oh, after an inse- interception. Okay. But there's I was going to pre- say, why would he go all the way well, back? Well, there's precedent for this also because years ago, there was a situation where Terrell Owens, a member of the 49ers at the time, scored a touchdown, ran to the center of the field where the star was, spiked the football on the star and started dancing on the star, and a Cowboys player pushed him. Because ultimately, what it is, is it's disrespecting the Cowboys brand. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that the Cowboys have this this uh, image behind them where a lot of people dislike them. They think they're arrogant. They think you know, they have a stadium with a roof opening at the top so that God can watch his team play football. Okay? We get it. <laughs> but... This is this you know ultimately what's happening here is that during celebrations they are 
tr- they, they are basically not only celebrating the good play, but trying to purposely dance and embarrass the brand that is the Cowboys. They're sticking it to them. Exactly. And uh, Jones, who was the shover, said after the game, quote, there's no need for it. We're all having fun, but I think when you go and try that, everyone knows what's going on, going, what going on the star means. When you come into this stadium, you don't do that. It was about respecting the brand and respecting the star. Um, and Bayard even said he was expecting somebody to knock his head off for doing that. So why would why would he do it? I then? don't know. I don't know. It was George Teague who, in 2000, tackled then 49ers wide receiver Terrell Owens, and then Jason Witten, former Cowboys star who was doing the uh, the the Monday night game for ESPN, said, "Quote: Yeah, that's a little bit of disrespect. They're driving the ball down the field. Nice play by Bayard, but I don't know." that you want to do that. Hey, I'm all in favor of touchdown celebrations. I think it's good for the game. But hey, look, he's in his third year, okay? Do it about five more years and then, you know, get seven or eight interceptions a year. Maybe you can do it at that point. But until then, I'd probably stay away from the star. Now, granted, you should probably stay away from the star, period. But, I mean, you ever see, I'm sure you've seen the movie Basketball. Yeah. Okay. They had that big thing in the opening about how it, you know, the sport became more about the celebration than mm-hmm. about the actual sport. Right. Touchdown is scored. The whole team goes into river dance while even getting the referees involved, yeah. while the other team is carting off their injured players on stretchers. <laughs> you know, there's a nice little satire there by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. The, you know, the uh, those were the guys they created South Park. Yeah. Exactly. So. I mean, there are certain, listen, there are certain celebrations that become iconic. They're part of the team. The Lambo leap, okay? If you're a Green Bay Packer and you score a touchdown, you leap into the stands and the fans are all patting you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. That's part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. The Mile High Salute in Denver, okay? The, again, totally cool. Um, some players even have certain moves that they kind of branded themselves with. Look at Victor Cruz with the salsa. You know, oh, yeah. that's I, I, listen. Can you make the argument that it's a little unsportsmanlike? All right, maybe, but it's not like it's he's shown anybody up. Who was the guy that did this? Oh, that's Cam Newton with the dab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dab became yeah. Well, that's just a little weird. I have students that are doing. Yeah. That well, Cam thing. Newton and himself, he he thinks he's God's gift to football. Okay, this is the same guy who, when he lost the Super Bowl, was blowing people off and this stuff. I mean, he he in in himself is has a little bit of a an edge to him that needs to be discussed at another time. But, um, you know, and there, and the NFL has even relaxed its rules on celebrations to a point, you know, like there are certain celebrations that I think are incredibly creative and I'm, you know, and I'm kind of blown away by them. Like that's, you're not showing anybody up. You're having, you're just having some fun. And and I give them, I really give them credit for being creative. Like the one I loved was during the Eagles a couple of years ago, they scored a touchdown, and then the entire offense got into a baseball formation, and one guy, th- you know, pretended to throw a ball oh, and yeah. then hit a home run. And Carson Wentz, who's the quarterback, is standing behind the catcher as the umpire. <laughs> like to me, that's like it's like wow. Okay, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. You know, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I think you know, again, it, it's not what I would do, but I don't see it, see it as being. Uh, exceptionally detrimental i can i can almost you can almost gauge how appropriate it is if i thinking that if, if i was on the opposing team would i find it funny right if i mean yeah okay they scored that's not great for our chances of a victory but it is a game right and if i if i chuckle at it a little bit hey Right. I, I mean, it, it's it's good natured. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And I think that's the overarching point here is that as a sportsmanship organization, we're not down on celebration. Okay. Personally. Quite the opposite. Exactly. Personally, when I'm playing baseball, okay, I don't feel the need to celebrate excessively when something major, even when a championship happens, I don't, I don't feel the need to celebrate excessively. Okay, if I lay down a sack bunt or a sack, get a sack fly or I score a run, I don't go crazy about it. I slap hands and slap five with guys because I did my job. You know, I, mm-hmm. I helped, I, I put the team in a position to win, and I'm fine with that. 
You know, that's fine. I don't need to be yelling and screaming and dancing. Even when my team won the won a championship a couple of years ago, they're all dogpiling on the mound, and I'm just in there shaking hands with people. You know, like, hey, great job, we did it. You know, mm-hmm. that you know, that's what that's when I can maybe let loose a little bit and smile and hug some guys and whatnot. I don't need to get in the dog pile, okay? But and that's why it's like you know, I kind of put myself in the 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 shoes of people who you know teams that that advance or win series and championships in baseball. You know, they have like the champagne celebrations and whatnot. And they're right. spraying the champagne everywhere. For me, I don't need that. You know, I don't. I, I if I was on a major league team, I don't think I would ever participate in a champagne I would be celebration. Drinking the champagne, exactly. I might toast, but I'm not spraying people with it. I'd be okay. and I'd be I'd be I'd be giving a toast to Paul Masson. Paul Masson, <laughs> it's fermented in the bottle. Oh, friends! No. But you know, because that to me is I'm doing my job, okay. But at the same time, I understand why they're doing it. I mean, geez, baseball is a 162 game marathon and then an 11 game sprint. You start with spring training in February, and if you win a championship, it's almost November. Okay, it's a long, arduous season. I get it. Okay, and that's why I'm like I, I don't necessarily have an issue with a certain amount of celebration when you, you score touchdowns, things like that. I, I get it. Okay, but it's where you get incredibly excessive that it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. I'll get here's 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 one that is very gray. And let's see what you think about it. Okay, this this happened okay. in uh, the Canadian Football League. Okay. Where they're all very polite, right. always apologizing, mm-hmm. and everyone's named Doug. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, buddy. How's my guy? <laughs> um, this is from uh, Mashable, and the author is Marcus Gilmer, and his article goes like this. Uh, While the NFL has recently relaxed its stance on touchdown celebrations leading up to some terrific antics, the Canadian Football League still found a way to one-up its U.S. counterpart thanks to an Ottawa Red Blacks player. Uh, after scoring a touchdown to increase Ottawa's lead over Toronto in this particular game, Red, ba- Red Blacks lineman John Gott ran for some uh, ran, ran for some stands, which is, I guess is Canadian set for a saying. He ran to the stands mm-hmm. and grabbed a beer handed to him by his girlfriend for one heck of a stone cold Steve Austin esque celebration. He literally opened the beer and chugged it as as the, as the celebration for for a touchdown. Yeah. Gott said he'd been thinking about doing something like this for years, adding as a joke. God? Gott, G-O-T-T. Oh. Yeah. Yes, God himself. I thought you said God. Yeah. Now, he, he, as a joke aimed at any league official who may decide to fine him for the celebration, he added that it was just water. Okay. Uh, reports, I thought you weren't supposed to use props. Exactly. But again, this is Canadian football. Oh, right. So, reports Saturday afternoon said that he would not be fined by the CFL. Um. Hmm. Yeah. See, it's, I, so again, that's that's drinking on the job. Though. There's that too. He claims it was water, but you know. But why would someone hand you a water in the in the form of a beer? Yeah. You know. Especially, why would you, as an athlete, as a professional athlete whose body is his job, put himself at detriment? By consuming alcohol while you are competing, when severe brain injuries are, it's you know, exactly. a possibility. Right. This isn't beer league softball, which right. even then is a little, you know, as Kramer would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd like to wrap this discussion up with this one. Okay, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, there's no uh, author listed on on here, so I apologize, but. This is from Larry Fitzgerald, who's the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And it says here, Larry Fitzgerald was so upset that his son skipped his NFL game that he spiked a football for the first time. Okay? Throughout a long storied career marked mostly by examples of sportsmanship, Larry Fitzgerald has never spiked a football in celebration of a scoring play. That changed this on this particular Sunday, and it's all his kid's fault. The Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, oldest son, Devin, opted to skip dad's game against the San Francisco 49ers, choosing instead to go to the Arizona State Fair. Here's what he missed. Pops caught a two-point conversion for an 18-15 lead with 34 seconds left and let loose his first massive spike. 
He also missed his father's best game of the season, catching eight passes for 102 yards, a touchdown, and, and the conversion. This being Larry Fitzgerald, he was very apologetic in the most Larry Fitzgerald way about the spike. He says, quote, I was a little frustrated and had a heavy heart today. My feelings were a little hurt, so I carried that around all day. So when I got in there, I kind of let it out. To all the kids watching, I'm sorry I set a bad example today. Mm. Um, Fitzgerald said his son didn't want to come support us, adding that he was a little disturbed by the decision. Ultimately, though, he concluded that, quote, I have to be a better father. Mm. Fitzgerald's brother, Marcus, actually loved it and, and tweeted, quote, it's about time you show that real emotion. And the writer says, in fairness to Devin, it was the last day of the fair. Two words, funnel cake. <laughs> Too bad. I was, gonna, I, was, I, was, I was thinking you were going to say that. Too bad. Too bad. But, you know, I, like, Larry Fitzgerald is this prime example of sportsmanship in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's embarrassed by this, you know? It's kind of the same embarrassment when... Uh, Don Zimmer was the bench coach of the Yankees and got into the brawl with the Red Sox and Pedro Martinez threw the old man to the ground. And then afterwards, Don Zimmer was apologizing, saying, I am so embarrassed for my behavior. Mm. And we're all like, "Um, you're elderly and you were just thrown to the ground by an adult who should know better. All right, you know. Yeah. Is, is this Dick Cheney getting the guy he shot in the face to apologize <laughs> for getting shot in the face? Right. I mean, so I, you know, I just, I, I give Fitzgerald a little bit of credit there mm-hmm. because, you know, okay, maybe there was a little bit of sarcasm to it, you know, a tiny bit, but this is a guy with a track record. He, he is the, you know, the a pretty good example of sportsmanship on the football field. And he let loose because of this feeling, and he was apologetic for it. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I set a bad example today. I mean, you know, they said, you know, apologies are warranted in certain forms and whatnot, and then it's up to us to decide if we forgive people for their actions and how to reconcile and blah, 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 blah. This is a guy who did something that is very much accepted and was apologetic for it. You know, his, his, re- his reputation does not get tarnished by, by this at all. He didn't, he didn't need to apologize. No, and yet, and yet he did. So that's... I really, you know, I, 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 that's the good note that I think we need to end on is to say yeah. this, is, this is a superstar in the sport who was apologizing for something that most people don't apologize for and is setting an example that should be emulated in, in, in more forms. We're not saying that people shouldn't be spiking footballs or, or whatnot, but you know, to take this very, you know, philosophically, geez, I mean, this guy gets a lot of credit in my book. Mm. Not that he didn't have a lot to begin with, right? You know, so it's just it's it is an interesting discussion about celebration in sports. We we clearly know what's good and what's bad. And it's an ongoing discussion about that gray area in the middle, mm-hmm. about what we do from there. And, um, you know, we can clearly say that Alex Cora was out of line. The San Francisco Giants were out of line. Uh, Bayard, the guy who celebrated on the star, was out of line. You know, the tennis player whose name I can't pronounce was out of line. I mean, but but there are these examples otherwise of people who, you know, really – have, have their heads get about it. it. They, they get it, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I hope that our audience understands that that's, that's what we're getting at here, is that there's, we, we need to be more conscious of what we do and how we do it with regard to this. You know, scoring in sports is the objective of the game. So to celebrate it like it's a rare occurrence is almost backwards mm-hmm. we should be expecting that as part of our jobs it's okay to be happy that you that you succeed and it's okay to congratulate people on a job well done but maybe think of it a little differently and say we don't need to go ballistic over this you know treat it like we always say this act like you've been there mm-hmm. that's the best way to prevent bad stuff from happening and appreciate your competitor for making it to the same level. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. That's the other thing. I mean, geez, if you're if you're playing a professional sport, even in a preseason game, appreciate your competitor. You have mm-hmm. both reached to the point, you know, to to the, the the pinnacle of the mountaintop, which is the professional sport. Okay, it doesn't get any higher than this. Mm-hmm. Be happy that you're there, right. and that you have someone to play against or or compete with. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise right. not against not against you are competing mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. That's that's that because otherwise you wouldn't be there. Right. You know, for the same reason we need to appreciate officials because otherwise we wouldn't have sports. Right. You know, so I just hope that this is enough to get people thinking and yeah. get people appreciating things a little bit more. You know, the, the 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 long journey starts with just the smallest step. Right. And this is, I think, a good way to to do that. Good. So as a reminder to all our listeners, we want you to keep the conversation going. Uh, you can always email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org to share your comments. Um, you can go to our website, osipfoundation.org, and you can even submit your sportsmanship story. Uh, in all of these cases, we'd love to hear from you because you know we might even have you on and to talk about it. So if you have you know any comments or anything like that, please reach out. You know we'd love to hear from you. Keep the conversation going on social media: Facebook.com/slash OSIP Foundation and Twitter is at OSIP Foundation. Hashtag How You Play the Game. So um, I think that's about it. And uh, we're good. yeah we're uh, we're in November. So I hope everybody has a fantastic Thanksgiving for those who are celebrating in the states because the Canadians did it back in October. And um, we will we'll talk to everybody in December. And until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.